Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back here on Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm David Golay, the bike editor at Blister and host of the show, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Ronan Dunn has put together some of the most exciting World Cup downhill race runs in recent memory, perhaps most notably his second place finish at Snowshoe last year, and well, he's also on a new team for 2024, having just joined the newly formed Mondraker Factory Racing after leaving Nuke Proof Factory Racing in the offseason. So what better time than now to bring Ronan on and talk about his meteoric rise through the World Cup downhill ranks and his views on the state of racing and sport in general, the team landscape making that move to Mondraker, the upcoming Tasmanian edition of Hardline, and a whole lot more. So we get into all that, but before we do, I want to take a quick minute to encourage you to check out our upcoming Blister Summit in just a couple of weeks in our home of Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. And it's an incredible ski and snowboard consumer-facing demo event with a ton of incredible gear, not just hard goods, but soft goods, backcountry safety equipment, and a whole lot of other good stuff, and some great panel sessions with chats with people from across the snow sports industry about what they do, and a lot of just good people, good times sliding around on snow. So there's a link in the show notes. Come join us. It's a blast. And with that, let's get right to my conversation with Ronan Dunn. Well, Ronan, great to sit down and chat. How are you doing and where are you today? Thanks for having me on. It's stoked to be here. Um, I'm at home in County Wicklow in Ireland. Uh, it's pretty pretty cold at the minute, but uh, yeah, making it work. <laughs> yeah, well, as we were chatting about a little earlier, off to warmer climates in a few. But uh, yeah, for the time being, I mean, just excited to sit down and chat because you've had a pretty impressive rise up through the racing ranks of late and uh, obviously onto a new team for 2024 and good bit to talk about here but uh before we kind of get into the most current stuff just be curious to have you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into racing dh in the first place and the early bike career of that you've had so far yeah for sure um yeah so i haven't been racing downhill for a crazy amount of time Um, i started properly racing about three years ago in 2021 so i'm still relatively new to the old old scene but feel like i've definitely put a bit of an impact like my earlier years racing juniors weren't really i wasn't competitive then i was uh i wasn't qualifying for the races and i only did i think two or three rounds so it was uh definitely not the most spectacular year and then before that it was just racing local races in ireland and yeah i was more racing enduro at home not not crazy into downhill scene or going abroad until uh i kind of started riding on the new proof and got a top 30 at a first world cup and yeah and here we are really so yeah i mean that's kind of one of my favorite bits about the whole thing is just sort of how quickly it all took off for you i think yeah it was did a handful of races as a junior in 2019 um, but as you said, didn't even qualify. What weren't having very good results that year, and then wound your way over to Nuke Proof, and something started clicking. So I guess for one thing, just how did you kind of get that 
team connection set up and get things going, given that you didn't have a whole ton of race experience and not especially impressive results up to that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, so um, pretty much so. Like I wasn't planning on racing in 2021 20, uh, for my first elite year because I was like, oh, I have no experience from a junior. Like I'd just be wasting my money going abroad. And then until my uh, good friend, Chris Cumming, sent me a message saying him and his dad were setting up a, a downhill team. Um, and they're like, oh, we're just like, we'll just be driving abroad and we'll split the, split the cost already. Like we'll get cost discounts on bike, bikes and uh, suspension and stuff. So like, 40% off maybe and I was like yeah what why not may, may as well um and yeah set up the team and then like all we needed to do was get one top 30 I think and they were like oh that's not it's not really doable and then uh so we could get a point to have a team and then yeah for the first race getting a 29th and yeah they're like wow and then like I got another top 20 and it just kind of gave the team points that they could get enough funding from sponsors for the next year that we had we like got free travel and stuff and then like after yeah so it just kind of grew and grew to what it was so it's pretty sick like cool start out for sure yeah it was and i mean be curious to hear you talk a bit about too kind of what you feel like started clicking for you in terms of race results because you know you go from not qualifying as a junior to having some really good results in elites pretty much straight off the bat and you know what came together there yeah it's pretty weird like um like one like obviously the bike i was riding in juniors wasn't like a race competitive bike and um, it was like from vitus bikes so they make some insane enduro bikes really high-end enduro bikes lovely bikes i think their downhill bike now is actually really good but the old bike i was on it just wasn't a competitive bike as i i'd seen like it was full 27 inch so everyone was on the 29ers or mullet bikes and i was still i think i was kind of one of the only and then just it wasn't crazy factory bike, um, but they made some lovely enduro bikes, which I was sponsored for more enduro, not on the downhill. But I was like, I've always on focusing, wanted to be a downhill rider. So, and then I think also experience, like I never, I'd only go travel abroad for training. If it was maybe a Morazine for a week or two for like a holiday, nothing crazy. And I never did time drones. I never did uplifts. And then kind of, when I was like, okay, I'm racing the World Cup at Elite, I was like, okay, we'll do a few more uplifts at home on the local and yeah, just try build some experience. And then, yeah, I don't know. The first race, it just went really well. And yeah, kind of, and I think after that race, then I was pretty confident, like it was kind of to build was handy enough, really. Yeah, right. I have to imagine that helps a ton, sort of seeing that you have got it to put together that kind of race run and have the confidence to keep going for it i mean you imagine that would build upon itself and oh no yeah it's like it's kind of i think like downhill i think it's such a mind game sport or it's so mental now like it's everybody's such insane riders but it's really like how you are mentally i think makes it so like coming off a top 30 i was like well i'm feeling like a big dog and then getting a top 20 in the next race then you're like really like you're not cocky but like you're kind of getting getting that kind of sense of confidence and i think it kind of helps to like you see it some world cups when a rider wins one they kind of just keep winning more podiums like i, I think it's even though i was only getting top 30s but it it kind of helped there as like a as a young kung so it was quite cool to yeah move up and then yeah it's really just and the bike was the new proof was pretty good as well so i think having just a bit more 
better components was for sure helped out. Yeah, that all makes sense. And I mean, definitely the bit just about confidence mounting and feeling like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I I belong here. Um, and I mean, sort of take it from there. So now, you know, at this point we're early 2021, you've had a couple of good race results right off the jump. And how did sort of things continue from, for the next rest of that season? And yeah, that season, um, it started off a lot better than it ended, I think around, and then I just decided I'd started breaking wheels. I think I just started to become a lot more of an aggressive rider. Um, kind of like similar to what I am now, but uh, we didn't have insane wheels at the time. So they, they couldn't just, like, I was just destroying. I think one weekend I went through like nearly 10 wheels in one practice day or something horrendous. So that kind of started. I think I missed out on world champs because I bl- had a blowout. And then, yeah, and then I, yeah, pretty much just started pushing harder. And it just, I think I wasn't ready to be pushing yet. So I was having crashes or stupid mistakes. So, yeah, it's quite interesting that you ride within your limits and you're like, oh, let's try to see what these limits are. And yeah, you find out pretty quick when you hit the ground. So yeah, it's quite it's quite cool. Yeah, and I mean, you've already touched on the mental aspect of racing DH being so huge. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody listening, but be curious to hear you talk a bit about how you kind of go about, you know, figuring out how hard to push it, where the limit is, how to handle that mental side of racing where you're needing to be really close to the ragged edge but not stepping over it all the time and that's a tough thing yeah it's i yeah like like even like now to say i'm a professional rider i still haven't figured that out and i think a lot of boys i like i've definitely haven't figured it out and like even this season i was really i started off the season like with a top 20 and then two top 10s and I, I was like okay i know kind of what i need to do and then and then i just started push it beyond the limit so literally like a lot of race runs were 100 percent, and yeah i had a lot of crap like it's super hard to really find the limit because right now to get a podium you have to be so so on the edge like just literally on the verge of crashing yes keeping it i'm sure some riders aren't but mad respect to those guys who are able to put a podium together and not be going crazy but yeah it is super hard to know how hard to push and what sections you could chill up on and and then yeah so it is pretty crazy tough um figuring out and i I still haven't figured it out so hopefully hopefully soon it'll come to me really (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think there is any secret recipe there exactly just it's all kind of little bits and pieces and yeah whittling away at it but you know i mean you're saying you don't feel like you totally have it figured out what do you think kind of stands to be improved upon the most yeah um i think just like it is pretty tough like um like coming off snowshoe getting that podium i felt like my run was it was a pretty super good run like i didn't make crazy mistakes and i was like okay i know i was like coming off that week i was like i figured it out it's clicked i can I know I can do it again. And then coming to Mont St. Anne, I was like, it was quite nice knowing if I put a perfect run together, I could get a podium. Like it's a podium worthy run, but it's just like holding on to it really. Like Mont St. Anne, I think I was second on the first split for a race run, but I just, I don't think, I even if I made it down further, I was like, I could not see myself holding on in those rock gardens even. I was like, I was like, 
if I if theoretically I held on, I think I could have got a podium, but that's a big big if. So I feel like yeah, I have the speed, but it's also like okay, maybe this rock garden will tone it down a bit. But when you're in the race zone, it's like 100% everywhere, and you're just I so I still think there's bits I need to fine tune, and but yeah, it's it's a tricky one, but because you're so hyped up in the motion of racing, but yeah, sometimes you need to tell yourself, okay, this section we're going to back off or we're going to be in the bushes. So yeah, it's tricky there. It is, yeah. Um, and well, I mean, since we kind of just touched on a little bit, I mean, let's talk about that second place at Snowshoe last year. Uh, what, second to last race of the season? Um, and if I remember right, you came, you were in the hot seat with, I think, three riders up in the gate still. And uh, I mean, you know, you cross the line, you see that time, you're fastest to that point. Take us through that moment. What was going through your head? Yeah. So basically, like ever since getting a podium in the same location in 2022, I was like, okay, like all I want now is a podium. I, like I, that's all I've ever wanted pretty much even this for this last season. Like I was pretty close to a podium in Leo Gain and then I feel like the rest of the races when I started crashing is because I only wanted a podium. So I was just pushing that hard to get that spot really. And then like I was coming down to the last two races. I was like, oh, man, if I, if I don't get a podium in like the year after everyone, it's like, I'm just thinking, oh, often if it was a fluke in the water one and it was just like a one-off. So it's pretty, I was definitely feeling the pressure to try to get one and then just to come across the line. Cause like in semifinals getting, fort so i was like if i come across the green i'm guaranteed a podium so it's just when across the line knowing you find like finally got that podium which is like a massive like relief it's like yes did it again thank like thank god and yeah it's pretty cool to see like sitting there and see another rider who's like oh my god i got a third place i've got a second place and yeah so it's pretty yeah pretty crazy emotions and then also to be there with the other irish man ushin was pretty pretty cool as well for sure like Super stoked. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I mean, have to imagine that that's kind of a tense and conflicted moment of being like, well, you've clearly put down a great yeah. run. You're going to have a good result no matter what. But then you've just, you know, you got to sit there and clench yeah, just and watch everyone. <laughs> see yeah. what happens with the next Watch three. everybody come down. Um, and I mean, you know, what did you figure your odds of actually holding on and winning that one were at that, you know, at that moment when you, you're currently in the hot seat, you got three guys left up there. Yeah. I don't, what are you thinking there? I don't know if I really thought about winning it, I think, because like we had Bruni at the end and we're like, oh, he's so consistent and we knew he can pedal like a motherfucker. Like, so that's straight yeah. where like, yeah, he's just going to like, but yeah. And then like, to be fair, we're like ushing and all, like I was like, it's not like I made crazy mistakes. So I could be like, oh, only if I got that. I was like pretty stoked in the whole run. So I was kind of like, okay, I can't be, oh, only if I did this a little bit, I could have won. It was just kind of like, you know, a fair play. They beat me, beat me fair and square. But yeah, it would have been, yeah, mm -hmm. super close to a win. Uh, but I mean, it only makes you kind of more hungry, I suppose, for the next season being that close to a win. And yeah, it'd be pretty cool to try try again one before but yeah i did i don't know if i really thought i was gonna win it to be honest yeah fair enough and i mean if you weren't going to hold on and win it having that irish one too, yeah it's pr 
pretty good consolation prize. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sick. And like like it to be the other way around next time. But yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. yeah. And I mean, well, kind of another big part of the storyline from last year, I suppose, would be just that obviously you're left continental nuke proof for going into 2024 now where along the line did you find out that that wasn't going to be continuing for next year and kind of how does knowing that you're needing to look for a new team and because very often at least i mean you'll tell us where the timeline was for you but you know these things are often happening in the middle of the season where you're making the negotiations for next year and so on and well how does that kind of go into your approach to the racing and figuring out what next year is going to look like while trying to just put your head down and focus on going fast right now yeah yeah so um it was definitely a tricky enough one but also like a insanely cool position to be in i think so i think it was after val de sol world cup so i think i was sitting like 14 to nova and i was like i got a few a team came up to me and just asked like oh you know what are you doing and i was like yeah i'm 100 sure what i'm doing next year but like I think as any athlete and just, I think I was like, of course I'll hear you out and be open to offers. Cause I think it'd be stupid to turn away a team, even though I was super happy with continental new proof. I was like, you know, I'll hear them out. It'd be stupid. I've like, it'd be a bad idea not to hear what they're saying. So I heard what they are. And then I think that from then on, then the rumor kind of went around team managers that, Oh, Ronan might be up for a change. So, which helped me out in my, uh, case because i had amazing teams coming up to me and asking so then i was like you know what i'll hear them all out and then try see what i'm worth and then kind of just brought that number then to new proof and see if they can match it and like so on just kind of negotiating because then the day it is like it is the job so you have to kind of look out what's best for being an athlete really and um, so yeah i got some insane insane like talking to like dream teams that i would have died for as a kid to be a part of and then like a good few of them were asking me for a job already so it's pretty cool and then just yeah narrowing it down throughout the season it was a bit tricky and uh, for sure like it's a race weekend and you're like okay i need to go talk to this manager after practice or track walk and who are for you have a crash in finals run going back to them and being like oh yeah this is... and then i i um i fractured or fractured my wrists halfway through this season as well so that made it didn't make it tough but also i thought i was like oh what if they think i'm a liability now or a wild card a bit more so it's like it's always tricky but it's super i think it's a pretty cool position to be in and i kind of enjoyed like i think that's just the irish of me negotiating and stuff so it's pretty cool for sure yeah okay and i mean certainly good to be able to kind of go in and be figuring all that out from position where you've had some good results. Yeah. You've gotten hurt, but that happens. It's all right. And, uh, just, you know, feel like you're coming at it from a position of strength, I suppose. And sort of more broadly speaking though, kind of, I mean, it seems like this is a bit of an odd year for the whole just team landscape and race landscape in general. Obviously the bike industry is on, you know, perhaps a bit shakier footing than it has been in a little while. And, uh, you know, not, not so much specific to your situation necessarily, but kind of just looking at the 
racing DH racing landscape more broadly, does it feel like things are really feeling that pinch yet? Or is it just sort of more like this is the normal time of year for everyone to be making moves anyway? It's kind of going as it does. What do you think? Yeah, like, so this is like my first time dealing with any of this, like team talks. But the one thing I wanted to do was get it done early on, like as soon as like, so it didn't come to the last two races. And I was like, okay, or like the last race. And I'll be like, okay, what team am I riding for? I was like, I need to get this done early. So I'm not worrying about it. I have contracts sorted before the season ends. Like, get it. Like, because like I've heard stories of riders, they leave it to the last minute and then all the teams are filled up or budgets are done. So, and then definitely the way the industry is going, I think it's best to be first to those teams and talking like, yeah, so it's kind of negotiating throughout the season, really, um, which I think was probably a smart idea, to be honest, because I wasn't leaving it last minute. And then also you're, these teams can see you weekend, week out. So, yeah. Um, but no, since it's kind of the first time doing it, that's kind of, yeah, it's just a way. But that's what I was told. Just Yeah, fair mm. enough. I guess just, you know, curious from chatting to other riders in the pits and what have you, it feels like there's kind of a different tone to it or people are feeling like it's... Yeah, I think like a lot of riders have agents as well. So the agent will go do it. But I think since... I have an agent now, but not um, not during the season. So it's just like it was me going up and talking to them. So yeah, but it it's it was pretty cool though. Like you have to you have to enjoy it to be honest as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. I suppose it is just part of the job, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as you've well just announced as of when we air this, uh, you're on the new Mondraker team for uh 2024 so tell us about it how'd you end up there yeah so for 2024 and beyond i'll be riding for mondraker factory racing so it's a pretty or insane opportunity during like uh i've been big fan of mondraker as a kid watching like danny and laurie and those boys to be saying you're on their factory team is pretty cool and yeah it's like it's a brand i've always been fond of so to see they like sent me Jorge sent me a message just saying, oh, like about Mondraker for next year. And I, t- I was thinking for like MS or one of the other teams. And then they're like, oh, no, we're going factory. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty sick. And then just what they were saying, um, I was liking like pretty much is just they're so focused on racing. Like even going into the factory tour, it's just like racing is so, so around everywhere, like all around the factory and how important it is to them, which is pretty cool because I feel like some brands kind of put racing on the back burner while for them it was like it's pretty important and yeah it'd be so yeah um and then yeah decided to go with them and yeah pretty stoked um on that idea really really happy with it so ah that's good and well yeah certainly excited to see how it all goes yeah do you have an opportunity to ride the bike before you yes jumped on and kind of how do you figure out last yeah about? so like I could tell the bike, like I knew the riders uh, who were riding it this like last year. So like Jacob Dixon and Tehudo and David Trummer. So I just asked them, I was like, yeah, that's a bike. And they're, they're all really liking it, uh, the new prototype. And then I had to go on it in Andorra. And yeah, I could tell kind of straight. Like I only did like, I think two runs, nothing crazy, but I could kind of tell, you know, this thing works. It, it goes well. Um, like not my setup or anything. Like someone else's complete setup, but I could just like tell that it works perfect. So 
Um, and then, yeah, so I was pretty, that kind of took away any doubts in your head just to make sure. And you're like, yeah, I was stoked on how the bike felt. And I was like, yeah, I think we could do a bit of, a bit of damage on this thing. Like, so it'd be pretty cool for sure. Yeah, right on. Well, suppose, so, you know, you, good that you kind of had that locked up relatively early, knew the plans, and I'd imagine going into, especially with the whole new team being spun up around this, it's, you're not kind of joining an existing bit of infrastructure in quite the same way. Uh, how's it been getting everything up and running and getting everything, you know, finding all that stuff sorted out and all that stuff? So surprisingly quick, actually. To be fair to the guys, they were straight on to it and uh, we've already done our first team camp um must be a month ago now since we've done it in uh, spain so f- like full team camp had all everyone the whole squad there all the mechanics physios and um yeah for like so it's pretty the, they're straight on it so we could get training straight away and get onto the bikes as soon as possible and um, it's been a bit tricky trying to hide the bike um, and train at the same time for sure i think vital forms are they're always out there uh, looking for you. So it's always tricky on that sense. But uh, no, um, the first team camp went super well. I kind of, after I think the third run, I was already feeling up to speed. And then I think by day two, I was like, okay, we're doing timed runs. So we kind of got into it straight away. And yeah, it's pretty pretty sick to see how quick it can go. Well, all good stuff there. And to kind of move it away from the World Cup racing side of things a bit too, going to be at Hardline, which has now got the new second Tasmanian iteration coming up in not terribly long now, actually, uh, and had quite a good go at it last year, too. Tell us a bit about what racing Hardline's like and just how you're kind of feeling about the new doubleheader. Yeah, so for Hardline, it's kind of like probably my favorite race there is and you can't really ask more of a downhill race i think it's a in my eyes a proper a proper downhill race proper track it's what downhill track should be and uh, now that they're adding two is pretty insane Um, like ever since riding first one in 2022 i've been like yeah this is this is my like favorite event so having it one in tazi i think is gonna be super sick for sure what I've seen of the track, it's looking pretty big. I think the last jump is like 110 foot or something. So, like, I think the guys, I think like Chaos, Bernard, and a few are going down there soon to test them. So, you know, God blessed on them. Hopefully, hopefully it works fine for us. Uh, but yeah, I'm super stoked on that event. And I can't, like, I'll be heading down to New Zealand on like this Sunday, the 22nd. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going gonna be down there soon enough and looking forward to it really. Oh, and you know, you just said kind of seeing that as a proper track and proper race, you know, obviously it's uh more than a little burly, <laughs> but that kinda more your cup of tea generally. What what are you into for a track and yeah, just tell us about that bit. Yeah, like I really like the way the world cup tracks are but i would prefer if they were a bit steeper and actually harder and they're all so fast now like crazy crazy speeds and they're actually relatively easy to ride and but when you're going like 50 or 50 or 60 kilometers an hour then they get quite tough but i do like a kind of a techier track but then also 
I just don't see why we can't have big jumps in World Cups. I just don't. It would be pretty cool to see a few, even 50-foot gaps or doubles even. So there's a roller version. And then you, if you want to go for the big boy, you can. It'd be pretty cool to see. Um, I think it'd be more spectacular for fans and riders as well. But um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it would just be cool the way Hardline's like, yeah, this is the, like the Wales track has some pretty technical bits in it for sure. Uh, steep bits and then also it has nice 90 footer jumps that it's like it'd be like a like a motocross national if it didn't have any jumps i think it'd just be pretty boring so they have they have like 100 footers so i was like why can't we so it'd be pretty cool to see more more hardline style jumps at world cups but i don't think that ever happened to be honest <laughs> yeah i mean hard to say but yeah uh and i guess more generally speaking, I mean, that's obviously one facet of it, but if you were kind of in charge and got to make some changes to the way World Cup racing runs in whatever you know manner you, you'd want to make some tweaks, what comes to mind? Obviously, you talked about some track stuff there, but anything else that pops up? Yeah, so like, probably main thing would be like track stuff for sure. Just some features to make it a bit more spectacular i think i could just you could obviously have a ride around version or like a double but then if you want to make it like guarantee then have like a triple that's like guaranteed to be quicker but it's like 70 or 80 foot i think would be obviously if it's not affected by the rain um and then other changes really i was kind of a fan of semi-finals this year um not like i was kind of on the back burner like if i crashed in finals then i'd be like ah oh, semi-finals but then if if you had a good fight, I don't know. It's a it's a tough call to make, and I'm sure, yeah. So are everybody's blaming them for everything. So I'd say it's a harder job than it looks. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the only decision I think I can add in anymore, and it's getting a bit too technical for me. Um, but yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, interesting to hear that you did kind of like the semifinals, though, because I think those have gotten very mixed reviews. Say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm kind of one of the only, or there's there's not a lot of people are going for semifinals. Like I don't mind if they're gone, and I don't really care if they're there. I'm kind of like, yeah, it's either yeah. or. What about them? Did you like? Them? Um, well, kind of the fact. So if you did, um, so let's say you get like a decent enough semifinals or a top fifteen or top twenty or top ten, like you got some points, and then you're like, okay, I've got a few points. Let's go 100% in race run. And if you crash, you still get a top 30. So it's, uh, it was, that was kind of the thing. Like I'd got a few as top, top 10 or I've got like 12s or top 15s in semifinals. And then I was like, okay, let's go for a podium. And I end up tack, stuck in the front or having a huge crash. And I'm like, oh, well, I still got a top 30. So it's kind of easy to keep a overall. So as long as you make it into every finals, you're still getting points regardless if you crash or not. So like there's races where I crashed in semi or finals and I still came away to move up and overall somehow. So which was quite crazy, but that was kind of, that's kind of the only positive I can see it. But then there is times where I've got good sem semifinals and I'm like, yeah. So it's a mixed review, but I mean, it was quite nice on that sense, really. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think the bit about kind of feeling like all right i qualified for finals i can just 
give it the beans now and see what happens and um makes some sense and i think but i've also heard some people talking about it the other way where it feels like it sort of requires you to just be even more consistent because you've got more race runs and more opportunities to accumulate points and feeling like you need to take advantage of every one of them you know different approaches suppose. and um you know given that viewpoint on it that you just described do you feel like your approach to semi-final runs was substantially different than how you were going into a final oh one yeah then? for sure because i wasn't protected for semi-finals only qualifying so semi-finals i just go like not 100 percent. obviously a quick uh, quick run but i like i'm i was pretty happy with nearly all my semi-finals this year they're all solid enough results so um, i think i would have even done better and overall if it went off semi-finals but yeah it just wasn't my riding style i felt like i felt like i was better suited going 100 so the semi-finals is different different kind of riding i'd always do and then i'm like okay i've got my top 30 let's go crazy and usually crash but I mean, it made it like a downhill run, I suppose. It was uh, a lot more a proper race run while semifinals. I was like, as long as I get in, yes, make sure. So it was quite cool to make it into every finals, but it wasn't my proper riding. I felt like it was more like a false, false Ronin. (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes sense. I get that. And well, heading into 2024 now, I talked a bit about new team going to hardline and stuff. Do you have any particular goals in mind for the upcoming season or anything that you're really looking to build upon there um yeah like i would be lying if i said i wouldn't like to win a race but i think it's harder said than done for sure um i think obviously a top 10 overall after getting 12th in the overall this year with a few inconsistent results i think top 10 overall for sure i'd be stoked on and then yeah i really don't see I mean, with the new team, the way the off season's already going and like how we're riding, I feel like we could be on for a few podiums. So yeah, really just, uh, yeah, give it all and see, see how we go. But yeah, I'm super, super stoked for this season. It should be a few more. There's one less race in the calendar this year, but it would be cool to, I think a few new venues as well. It's going to be pretty sick. So yeah, no, I'm real. Yeah. So it would be nice to kind of take off a win but i think we still need a still a bit more work to get there i suppose what do you see as being the the work that needs to be done there yeah i don't know um i i really don't know i'm hoping it'll just come and it'll come to me really and tell me what, what i need to do but uh yeah i'm not too sure what we need to do but yeah because everything's going pretty well like with gym training even this winter and then just the amount of downhill time we're getting it's going pretty perfect so uh yeah hopefully it just yeah we'll see <laughs> indeed we will uh but good to hear that things are going well and you're feeling fired up and ready and just excited for racing to kick off yeah. here so it's been great chatting thanks again for coming on and congrats on the new team for next year and best luck with everything yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure talking, talking. So, yeah, cheers to that. That's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. And as always, I'd like to say thanks to Ronan for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing the episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us at Blister, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we'll be back again next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>